This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. I've recently become a scooter boy, and maybe that's an unpopular opinion to have because a lot of people don't like the scooters in their cities, but they're cheaper than the little cars, and... They're pretty fucking fun when you're on them. They are fun. The one time I rode one, when you brought one and uh, let me ride it to the end of the block, I thought it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I rode it over and I ran it. I was like, "Yo, I still have some time on the scooter. Go ride it up and down the block." <laughs> and they're they're apparently you're t- whipping them. Yeah, and they're apparently taking some cars off the road, which I think is yeah, that's a ne- good. A, a net positive too, right? Yeah. The problem. Other problem is the older model bird scooters they can go real fucking fast. Like they can get up to almost 20 miles an hour, but then they put all these new ones out that have governors on them that block you from going more than 11 miles an hour over. Uh, another problem. Major buzzkill. Yeah, that is a buzzkill. You should let them fly. Let, <laughs> let those birds fly. Another problem is it appears to be a financial industry yeah. grift. The point, we're, the point we're trying to make is... News about Bird scooters. They lost $100 million in the first quarter of the year. $100 million. Sounds like a like an Austin Powers villain move right there. I'm going to force you to lose $100 million. The company... In four months. Yeah. Sorry, four three, months. three months. It was three a, months. It was a tough winner for Bird. Uh, the company had raised $700 million over the last year and a half, and then in the spring, it said it was down to just $100 million in cash. Uh, it's looking for an infusion of 200 to $300 million now. So imagine that. Imagine losing $100 million and then expecting that people are going to give you $300 million more dollars. Is... Is Bird owned by Uber? Is Bird the Uber one? No. There is an Uber scooter company. That's uh, Jump, is it, or some some crap like that? Well, maybe maybe Bird is actually owned by Uber. I actually don't know the answer to that. But Lyft has some scooters. Jump has bikes and scooters. A, bu- a bunch of these are owned by. Either way, it's 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 like. Well, that good 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 bringing up Uber because Uber is pretty much the same exact type of fucking company. They lost three point oh three billion dollars in twenty eighteen. Three point oh three billion dollars. They've never been profitable. They've been around three years, four years, whatever, five years. Who knows? Some uh, time distorts itself. The uh, the CEO of Bird is uh, ex both Lyft and Uber. He wor- <laughs> he worked for both those companies. It's like hire this guy. He knows how to lose tons of fucking money. <laughs> so what a healthy economy we have, where you have these these businesses that rise up and do nothing but lose hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars. But investors just keep giving them hundreds of millions of dollars. I do think that, and I'm trying not to make too bold of a prediction here, but I do think uh, it's inevitable we're going to hit a, a recession sometime soon. It it might not be that big of a recession. It probably will be a pretty big recession. I don't know, but it, all these scooters are going to probably go away the second we hit the recession is the point I'm trying to make People here. People are just going to take them. <laughs> and, and 
the era we're currently in, it will be seen as an era, like a sort of mark of we got this roaring economy and yet all we're getting out of it are these scooters that are just kind of fun. <laughs> and they're getting less fun because the company's losing so much money and part of it, I'm guessing, has to do... They, they calculate per ride how much money they're spending on things like insurance. <laughs> and maybe they're releasing all these slower scooters because of all the accidents that are happening on the faster scooters. So they have to reduce their insurance costs per ride. So they've made their scooters slower. Yeah, the, the Uber scooters are jump, which that company is probably losing like $200 million per quarter. They're all losing money. Everybody's losing money. And yet all these dipshits who can't be taxed, for fuck's sake, they can't be taxed, mustn't tax the investors here who are out here creating jobs by throwing hundreds of millions of dollars at failing companies. We should tax them. Let's tax these them. Are just Ponzi. Let's do free college. These Let's are Ponzi free schemes. These are Ponzi schemes. These are Ponzi schemes. Is this more productive than giving everybody health care? No. Is this more productive than giving everybody uh, a higher education? Absolutely not. I mean, we should be making the moral case for both of those things, but it's infuriating that we even have to because, you know, by the technocrats' own uh, tortured logic, they should they should be avoiding... Uh, just letting these fucking dipshit investors do whatever they want with their money because it's just such a fucking waste. Yeah. Let's give some real financial advice. (laughs) Do my uh, Jim Cramer trot voice. You know, Jim Cramer was a trot at one point. You told me that yesterday. I haven't Googled it. No, he he is. You'll find lots of stuff. He's like done a lot of interviews where he advises people to read Lenin. (laughs) Predict it markets. Dem primary. Harris is leading the way at like trading at 25 cents. Joe Biden's in second at like 24 cents. Elizabeth Warren's in third at 20 cents. But what I really want to talk about is our boy Bernie Sanders trading at just 12 cents on Predict It right now, which is absurdly low for a candidate that's going to be in the race till the very end. As people drop out, that price is going to go up. He's at 13 cents right now. Okay, well, it's already gone up (laughs) since I started talking about it. (laughs) To be clear, I do not have any investments here in Bernie. The Sentinel has no investments here. I'm just looking out for our listeners who are are interested in this sort of stuff and saying this price is way too low. I'm not saying Bernie's going to necessarily win the nomination. You don't want to hold it till it gets to 99 cents, but it's easily going to double over the next... X amount of months into the primary as we begin the primary and people start dropping out. To be clear, this is not official financial advice. So don't file a complaint yeah, this against isn't official. us of course uh, it's not official. At, the, at the SEC or anything. <clears throat> if it were official, we would maybe also say that uh, some tasty markets on Predicted are the buy no, uh, but you have to wait for those to pay out because a lot of the no's are... Uh, at around the low 80s, high 70s. By no on what? All of them. All like By no on all the candidates? By no on Pete Buttigieg at 89 cents. Obviously, the payout is only 11 cents per share, but if you are not in a hurry, then, you know, a 10% return on your investment is uh, not so bad. Pete Buttigieg is not going to win the nomination. I'm sorry. I'd, I'd be willing to... To to, yeah. Bet a lot of money on that. 
and then have to disclose it every time I covered him saying, hey, <laughs> don't vote for Pete Buttigieg. Not just because I have a lot of money on it. He sucks for other reasons, just, too. Bernie In conclusion, be, not betting on it. Bernie should just, I'm just looking this. at this market, and Bernie should be where Warren is, around 20 cents. Like, yeah. I can understand people believing rightfully that the Democratic Party establishment is obviously not going to let Bernie Sanders be their nominee, and they're going to do everything they can to screw him. So it's hard to put him at the top of the list. But he's going to be in there for a long haul, and as it gets down to just a few people... Or a handful of people, mm. his price is going to go up. I think this market is very irrational. I think Harris has a good shot, but I, her being the clear front runner is, uh, see, it seems a little exuberant. It's only to one. Me. What is she up? Oh, a couple of pennies. She's now, up huh? a cu- three cents on Biden. All She's right. at twenty six. He's at twenty three. All right, enough enough financial advice for the day. Unofficial, non official <laughs> financial non advice. Yes. <laughs> Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel for the real financial advice. (laughs) Actually, no, it's just uh, bonus content and you get your own haiku. We're going to read some poetry at the end of the show for a new subscriber. You also just get the good feelings of helping our little news co-op here survive in piss town. It's Thursday, July 11th, 2019. Here's the news. The White House continues its terror campaign against immigrant communities across the U.S. Officials are leaking news to reporters that ICE will commence mass deportation raids on Sunday, finally executing a plan first announced by the president last month before it was postponed because the details of the raids were leaked. So this one might end up being postponed as well. Reporter John Stanton tweeting out this afternoon that ICE raids in New Orleans have already been called off. And all of this might just be the point, constantly inflicting fear on marginalized people. Of course, ICE is steadily rounding people up and deporting them. It's a persistent threat alongside any planned or promised mass actions. Also important to remember that in the intervening two weeks, the time between Trump announced mass deportation raids and then postponed them, and now today... Congress gave the White House $4.6 billion in emergency border spending. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi capitulated to Mitch McConnell on that spending bill, agreeing to drop even the most bare minimum human rights safeguards, stuff that wouldn't even change the game down there at the border. It wouldn't have closed the concentration camps or anything, but just provided the bare, bare minimum of what you can do. Couldn't even get that across. Just gave the president the money. On Thursday, the speaker, still unaware of the power she possesses on her own, called on evangelicals around the country to rise up to put an end to the raids. Hmm. Another master stroke by Nancy Pelosi. President Trump is backing off a last-ditch effort to save his vote-suppressing push to add a citizenship question to the next census after much speculation and doubt today about what he would do. Trump tweeted this morning he'd make an announcement about the issue this evening in the Rose Garden after his truly bizarre social media summit today at the White House, featuring some of the more vile reactionary grifters online. The White House had told the New York Times that an executive order wasn't likely, but a presidential memorandum was. The president's legal team had reportedly also been afraid that an executive order would be thrown out in court given the Supreme Court's recent ruling against their citizenship question push. But now not even a presidential memo is coming, 
This afternoon, the White House told ABC News that it wouldn't try to use the census to seek citizenship data at all and will, quote, instead take executive action that instructs the Commerce Department to survey the American public on the question through other means. Naturally, this could very much still involve creepy, privacy-invading, potentially unconstitutional behavior itself, but at least it won't impact the census, which, of course, is used to draw congressional districts every decade. Yeah, this so, will definitely involve creepy, privacy-invading stuff, but yeah, the silver lining small victory. Is one less tool for the uh, people who are constantly trying to push voter suppression stuff. Yeah. Back briefly to the social media summit and Trump's tweets, the president went on a typically unhinged rant about alleged social media censorship of conservatives, and then he uh, basically took credit for social media companies making money. Quote, could you imagine having Sleepy Joe Biden or Alfred E. Newman or a very nervous and skinny version of Pocahontas 1 124th as your president rather than what you have now? So great looking and smart, a true stable genius. <laughs> Sorry to say that even social media would be driven out of business along with and finally the fake news media. So um, Trump accidentally making the case against his own reelection by saying that his loss would bankrupt Mark Zuckerberg. Anything but that. I'm picturing a scene at the social media summit at the White House where Tim Poole walks into like the Oval Office with a suit on, but is still wearing his skull cap, and Trump makes him take it off. <laughs> and he takes it off, and then Trump proceeds to constantly own him over his weird-looking head oh my and God. makes him put it back on. That that would I, I could see that happening. Maybe that's the only the only good that could come of that conference. The uh, I, I I did notice that there was no Bernie Sanders in in Trump's uh, rant there against against candidates that would be bad for social media. And I wonder if that is uh, either just a hole in his brain and he forgot or if that shows that he truly is scared of facing Bernie most. Maybe I'm just looking too into it. I think I'm too online. I think there's a hole in his brain. That's there's, always the same. Probably, there's a hole in my brain too, to be fair. So let's move on. Mine too. The House Judiciary Committee voted to advance subpoenas of current and former administration officials as expected. The orders pertain to President Trump's abusive anti-immigration policies and the fallout over the Mueller investigation and likely obstruction of justice by the president. Here was Congresswoman Karen Bass accusing the White House of committing some pretty serious crimes in their bid to deter asylum seekers. Earlier this year, there was a child welfare case in California involving the abuse and captivity of 13 children. The parents were charged with abusing and imprisoning the children, only allowing them to eat once a day and to shower infrequently. These parents are serving life in prison for their crimes against their children. Today, the Department of Homeland Security is imprisoning children in crowded cells for extended periods of time without adequate food, supervision, medical attention, or access to basic hygiene needs like soap, toothpaste, and toothbrushes. Children are suffering in detention from the flu, chickenpox, and measles. In every state in this country, this is child abuse, child neglect, medical neglect. A state child welfare agency would remove the children from these conditions and arrest the parents. Naturally, Republicans were self-righteous and indignant about this completely accurate take. 
California Congressman Tom McClintock said it was, quote, despicable to equate border patrol agents to child abusers. Uh, it's actually the asylum seeker concentration camps that are despicable here, Tom. Finally today, the Government Accountability Office issued a concerning report finding that the Department of Education is publishing misleading information about the number of public school students who are disciplined through restraint and seclusion every year. Now, this is defined as restricting a student's ability to freely move his or her torso, arms, legs, or head, and defines seclusion as involuntarily confining a student alone in a room or area from which that student is physically prevented from leaving. This is, sounds all pretty fucked up, and it's supposed to never be used except when a student poses imminent danger to other students. But since it's ripe for abuse, and since studies have shown it's disproportionately used against students with disabilities, the Department of Education requires school districts to report the number of these incidents every two years. Well, GAO dug into the data and found that it's totally incomplete or just flat out wrong. For the most recent data available, 2015 to 2016, GAO found the following, quote, 70% of the more than 17,000 school districts in the U.S. reported zero incidents of restraint and zero incidents of seclusion. In 39 states and the District of Columbia, more than half of the school districts reported zeros. And in 12 states, 80% or more of the districts reported zeros. That would be good news. Zero kids getting restrained. Except when you realize, as GAO did, that most of these districts reporting zeros were only plugging in zero because they weren't actually keeping track of the data as they were required to by law. In fact, looking at the 10 largest school districts in the country that reported zero restraint incidents, only one of them claimed that they did actually have zero incidents. The others, the other nine, according to GAO, had incidents they did not report, had incidents they were unable to report, or were not collecting the data. And yet, the Department of Education was just publishing it all as correct anyway, significantly underestimating the number of times students in the country are restrained and isolated while at school. For example, Fairfax County, Virginia reported zero incidents in 2015 through 2016, but later admitted that they did have incidents. In fact, Fairfax admitted that in the following years, 2017-2018, it had more than 1,600 cases of a student being restrained or secluded. GAO made a number of recommendations to the Department of Education to improve their civil rights data collection, including going back over the 2015-2016 data and making corrections or warning that it is unreliable. The Department of Education concurred on improving collection and reminding school districts that they're required to report, but the department said it would not be feasible to go back to prior reports to correct existing data, even though it's pretty obvious that it underestimates the number of these incidents by thousands. Just throw out the reports. Just pull the reports offline. Pull the report. God pull damn the, it. That would be the better solution here. May, okay, maybe you can't go correct everything. Just pull the report. The report's a bad report. It's not a good report anymore. That'll do it for the newscast today. Time to read some poetry. All new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Get the newscast every Monday through Thursday, and they get their own haiku written for them in red on the air. This is for Traveler's Depot. You know it's over 
when your neighbors start using doors for boats or shields? Thank you, Traveler's Depot. It's a good point. <laughs> Thanks to all the new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. We will be back tomorrow for the garbage can edition show for our subscribers. Uh, if you haven't yet, get your nominees in on the old Patreon. Voting opens tomorrow morning. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. Thank you to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. The newscast is back next week. We'll see subscribers tomorrow for the garbage can. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.